Hello and welcome to a mini content crisis, maybe an incontinent crisis, spurned on by me watching the atmospheric horror thriller come true. This film was directed by Anthony Scott Burns, who is definitely someone to watch. He didn't just direct it, he was the director of photography, he was the editor, he wrote the screenplay, he also helped out on the score. He's definitely promising, noted essences of Nolan, of Michael Mann. He is clearly a aware of the documentary The Nightmare that came out a few years ago. Lots of video game imagery, Silent Hill 2 came to mind, the excellent platformer Limbo came to mind. Come True is a film uh, about uh, a young teenager called Sarah who is lost. She doesn't live at home. She sleeps out rough in the park, rides around on her bicycle, generally looks very anxious and tired. She is played by Julia Sarah Stone and she is having trouble sleeping because she has this persistent nightmare. The nightmare imagery in this film is fantastic. I would question to some degree the authenticity of it in the sense that I'm not sure nightmares really look like this. It looks like nightmare imagery, but the way it's achieved is incredible. It's almost like a rail shooter game. You're kind of following along the dreamer's point of view, going through these doors and into nightmarish caverns that kind of open up into people's faces. And generally at the end of this track is a haunting shadow man, the archetypal dream stalker, uh, a man in shadow who's completely bald and all you can see are his bright piercing eyes and the imagery is truly terrifying and I would say that something that Anthony Scott Burns does really well here is holds on to the suspense. This film never resorts to gore or violence or unnecessary jump scares. It's a very brooding haunting movie. Um, I would earmark this guy as a as an excellent candidate to direct a reboot of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. The whole movie really focuses on a dream disorder clinic uh, where these young scientists are researching dreams and there's some prototypical equipment they've got, which means you can basically see what the dream is seeing, which is a great idea, reminiscent of many great 1980s movies. The cast is rounded out by Landon LeBoyron playing Riff, who's ostensibly the love interest, Carly Risky playing Anita, who's kind of one of the more grounded scientists in the movie. She does a good job. And Dr. Maya is played by an actor called Christopher Hetherington, who honestly I felt was just a, a stand-in for William Devane. If this movie had been made in the 1980s, that part would have been played by William Devane. He has a threatening presence that never really comes off. And honestly, if there's any gripe with this film, it is that the the dialogue in the screenplay and the characters are never really very well fleshed out. The main character is very interesting. She's a mystery. She's very enigmatic. And I think Julia Sarah Stone does a very good job of playing a kind of disturbed teen. The rest of the cast doesn't really land it. I did like Carly Rizky. Um, I thought she was very good uh, as the kind of sensible person, you know, kind of telling the rest of the scientists that what they're doing is a little bit too much. But yeah, the, the dialogue didn't always land. Sometimes things were a little bit confusing. Um, the film has a magnificent score by Electrical Youth and Pilot Priest. 
Again, referencing Michael Mann, there is a song called Coelacanth, which was actually performed by a band called Shriekback back in uh, Michael Mann's marvellous 1980s masterpiece, Manhunter. They use a cue from that film, but very subtly, and it's effective. It works in this movie. It doesn't feel like the director is just nodding at the 1980s. However, there are moments in this movie where he does do that unnecessarily. There's a brief glimpse of a Weekend at Bernie's poster in the main character's bedroom, which I thought was an odd choice for a film set in 2021. Um, you know, in an 18-year-old's bedroom. Uh, and there's a Terminator poster in the Dream Clinic, which, again, didn't really make sense to me. However, it could be that those are there as little Easter eggs or clues towards the eventual um, denouement in this movie, which is going to be divisive for people who watch it. I won't go into any detail, but it is an ending that I think will satisfy some. It definitely goes for that Christopher Nolan Inception-esque vibe of tying things together wonderfully, but in an enigmatic way. Personally, as I was watching it, there was a I was kind of predicting an ending that I wanted to see, and that didn't happen. Uh, and there's a few moments in this film where there are things that look like they're happening, and maybe Burns could have gone a bit more heavy with the horror. If there's one weakness with holding back and just focusing on setting things up an atmosphere it's that in this case it maybe doesn't ever really deliver on that there's a wonderfully intense and brooding atmosphere building and building and building and i don't think we ever really get rewarded with that i don't think the ending of this movie can ever really match what this story sets up but as a young director he can already do what i think most great young directors do which is make a low budget movie feel very big make it feel like it's about the most important thing on the planet you know that sense of the epic is a real skill and burns can do that this feels like a hugely important story with far grander themes and far grander implications than the six or seven people whose lives it's directly affecting there are numerous plot holes however the ending maybe resolves that or just throws it all into the trash i'm not really sure it's a movie that evokes the 1980s without being set in the 1980s without resorting to people wearing 1980s clothes or making 1980s references apart from the two aforementioned film posters there's some slightly heavy-handed george romero references but honestly i only spotted them because i like movies uh, there's a scene where the the, the characters go and watch Night of the Living Dead at the cinema, which again felt a little bit odd in 2021. And I think the high school that the main character attends is called Romero High or Romero High, which is, you know, why not? To me, it felt like a heavy handed reference. But I think to the average Joe on the street who isn't a film fan, they, they wouldn't have even recognized that. So that was all fine. There's an interesting romance aspect. The, the male romantic lead is kind of a a stalker really that is hard to pull off i'm not sure they entirely do pull it off in this movie but you know what could be a problematic romance where someone has kind of been uh observing or been slightly voyeuristic with the leading lady and then admits having feelings for them that can be problematic but i think this film does enough to acknowledge that and then the girl realises that actually he's just found a kindred spirit and he's just a bit too nervous to speak to her. There's a really nice sequence where she is watching his dreams and he dreams about her and there's a beautifully on-the-nose emotive synth track 
by electrical youth and I just I get swept up in scenes like that it is very I don't want to say heavy handed but it's it's writ large it's wearing its heart on its sleeve it reminds me of a few moments in the movie Drive and countless moment, moments in uh, my favourite 1980s movies and I'm all for that if it's earned and you can build to it and you can deliver a wonderfully mesmerisingly kind of over the top scene I mean I think David Lynch used to do the same thing so I think that's fine and I think it works really nicely here and it does kind of unify their romance. However, I just feel that Landon LeBoyron wasn't well cast in this role. I'm not sure how old his character is meant to be. I think there's an implication that he's maybe 10 or 15 years older than her and she is an 18-year-old girl who's vulnerable. So I'm sure there are people that would find this romance questionable. There is some phenomenal imagery in this film and I was just swept along by it. By the end of the movie, I was watching it late at night. You know, it's a very languid film that's all about dreams and I was sort of drifting in and out of consciousness, not through boredom, just through you know, being kind of lulled into sleep and having read a few reviews about it, a lot of other people said the same in a non-offensive way. It's not a boring film, but it will make you want to go to sleep. It kind of hypnotizes you. So I'll be very intrigued to check out uh, Anthony Scott Byrne's subsequent work. And also he made a film a couple of years ago called Our House, which is supposed to be of a similar kind of vibe, I will check that out. He's definitely one to watch. Someone give this guy a budget. Uh, Julia Sarah Stone, also one to watch. She has a real magnetic quality. She reminded me of Veronica Cartwright in Alien. She's got a kind of short, bleach blonde hairstyle. She very convincingly reads as an outsider in the story. When she's at high school or when she's in normal kind of everyday places, she really does stand out. She's she looks like she needs to be looked after, but she also has some feral toughness to her as well. So she was really nicely cast and she, I think, performed excellently. But as I say, the rest of the cast are pretty perfunctory. So, yeah, they they do somewhat let it down. But I think this director with a big budget and a good cast and a great script could do some fantastic work. Maybe he's taking too much on. Maybe he needed someone to reel him in. Maybe he needed a co-writer or an editor to say, you know, this is going off the rails a little bit. But, you know, if this was my debut film, I would be very, very proud of it. I would be incredibly happy if I could make a film with this level of vision and intrigue. And it might not really amount to anything in the long run, but it strung me along for the whole movie. And yeah, like I say, it set up some magnificent moments that didn't quite pay off, but it set them up. And all this guy needs is someone to say, hey, why don't you do this instead of that? And he could make a masterpiece. So I hope he goes on to make some more movies. He seems like a genre guy, you know, so I think give him a genre film, give him a big horror franchise or maybe something even bigger. Uh, and I think he can really pull off something of epic scale. Come true. Definitely recommend that you check this one out. <laughs> 